Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through your day. Now, here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope, a place where you get to believe in what is possible for your life. Today, I have the great honor to have Kathleen Sherrick on the show with me. And Kathleen is an award-winning educator, author, and sacred parenting coach. She mentors pregnant and new parents, grandparents, and child professionals who care for young children in the first seven years of life. For more than 30 years, Kathleen has studied neuroscience, child development, energy psychology, vibrational health, quantum physics, and world religions. You are phenomenal, Kathleen. I love this. She has been a top international consultant to Fortune 200 companies, is a former university associate dean, and has advised the Walton and Gates Foundations about innovation in education. Co-founder of a Montessori school-based school that has served thousands of families, she is a founding board trustee of several foundations. Welcome, Kathleen, who has done hey. a lot. <laughs> well, my goodness, when you've been around a while, you, you tend to get a couple things accomplished, I think. But, you know, it's all about the people that you surround yourself with, too, like you, Nada. Wonderful <laughs> to be here with you. Oh, thank you so much, because truly, it is my honor. I'm so grateful that you are here, and we're going to have a great conversation. And it's been a while since I have spoken with you, Kathleen. So can you tell us what you are doing these days? Yes. Well, there's so many wonderful things happening in this uh, uh, whole burgeoning field of raising the consciousness of those who help care for children. And I have the great pleasure to be coaching parents and grandparents and those who work with children, teachers and healers and all, around really the sacredness of the first seven years. And I call them the seven years of sacred. And um, it really begins one year before birth. So it begins preconception. So there's mm. so many wonderful things that happen because children at these early ages are, they can be natural mystics and they are, they are natural scientists and explorers, and they're constantly giving us clues about who they are, Nada. And when we can lift ourselves out of our own psychology in some cases, lift, us, lift ourselves out of our own filters, we can see our children more clearly for who they are really here to be. And it's just, it, it's just fascinating and fun and exciting, and, uh, and it's you know, helping people work through any of the of the uh, practical issues that they may have, because sacred parenting is really beyond biology. There's so much information out there that's about uh, what happens physically during pregnancy and birth and during uh, a child's early development. There's so much um, um, information readily available about the biology and the physical changes, but there's not a lot available. And we're not talking a lot yet about the consciousness that it takes to be around children when they're young. We tend to think uh, either they don't understand what we're saying or what we're doing on the one continuum, or 
we treat them as they're already fully grown adults. Um, and there's some place in the middle where the sacredness really exists. Mm. Wow, that's beautiful. And just in that little tidbit, I have so many questions for you. But before I start asking those, can you tell <laughs> us a little bit more what sacred parenting is? I mean, I know you described a lot of it, but but how do you describe yeah. that? Yeah. I really refer to it at, as a, this, is a, this is the sweet spot where science and spirit really meet. So mm. this is where the latest research, not only about parenting or about child development um, is, but the latest research period, the latest research about quantum physics, the latest research about energy psychology, the, where the latest research melds together with the ancient wisdom and the things that we know that have been around for thousands and thousands of years uh, and passed down through generations. So there's a sweet spot in there that we can customize to our own families once we understand what it's about. Wow. Wow. I'm telling you, I've told you this before and I'm telling you again, I wish I would have known you 28 years ago when my son was born. Cause I had, a, it would have been so interesting, you know, and as I look back on him now and I tell him all the time, I am so sorry for the way that I raised you. I did. I mean, he turned out to be a really great kid, but you know, when you know better, you do better. And uh, he just would have, I, I think your services would have been so monumental and for him and for me, because that's, part of it it's not it's the child but you also work with the parents and that that is so important because it's not it it's the it's the knitting together of both of those absolutely and here's the beautiful thing nada i have so many colleagues and friends that have started with that similar statement as yours i wish i would have and here's the beautiful thing about when we come into the sacredness of parenting one of I, i've got really um, a formula that I've developed that that's, includes nine keys. And the very first key is that we have these soul agreements. And so your son knew that you were his mom. He chose you as his mom. And if, he, if we even just consider that possibility, then we know that we really, as long as we are striving to be good people and doing the best that we can, that we can't go wrong because are we've connected with our child, the child that we chose, the child who chose us for whatever lessons and whatever wonderful journeys we are to experience in life. They're here to offer their own gifts to the world, and so are we. And, in, and oftentimes, as you just said, it's through the melding of the two. But please, heart, please take heart here that, you know, to uh, just consider that we've chosen each other as parent and child and no matter when we come into different ways of knowing things or understanding things it's the perfect time yeah 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 thank you yes and i told and i do i i have played with that with the soul agreements and it's like is it true? Is it not true? How do I feel about that? Not true. I don't want to say true, but how do I feel about that? How does that resonate Absolutely. with me? And yeah. um, because of everything with my daughter passing away the way she did, it, it just makes me believe that, yeah, I really do think that, that every one of us, we all signed up to be part of this family. And so we could teach each other what we needed to teach and learn what we needed to learn. And it was only going to happen in these dynamics. And um, it, it's so fascinating when you think about it like that, because there's just, there's, there's this whole other world out there beyond these 
wonderful and loving five senses, but there's a whole other world out there that's way more fascinating than what chocolate tastes like. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I do. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a chocolate gal, so I do. Uh, I value that pretty highly. But I do. I absolutely agree with you that we have inner senses that uh, and this is another part of this sacred parenting journey is that it's really a journey of discernment. And that's ju- that's discernment as opposed to judgment yeah. discernment being a building of of our heart sensing abilities. It's a quality of the heart and the ability to sense from within. So the out, the outer senses, the the wonderful, delightful uh, taste of chocolate, and you know the sound of the of the hummingbirds buzzing by, the whatever things that we may value and find joy from, that there are inner senses that can bring even deeper and greater joy, and and a deeper and greater um, uh, assessment, really discernment of subtle energies and nuances in life that that can help our children. And when we can, when we can get to the level where we're work, working on those subtle energies, we really are honoring the soul of the child and, and what they're here to accomplish. And we, you know, we get so distracted by m- many women, myself, yourself included, are out there in the working world, and we get distracted by some of the, what I call horizontal energies, the energies that pull us in different directions, through our clients, through our work relationships, our vendors, our alliances, whatever it might be. And we, when it comes to those early years of working with children and nurturing children, we, the vertical energies and the vertical um, connection is really so much uh, more important to ground us. And that's the vertical energies, whatever we may call it a higher power, the universe, uh, God, the angels, uh, nature, wherever we uh, really get our drivenness at the soul level, that that vertical connection really is destined to manifest in our interactions, especially when with our children, because they can feel it. They can feel whatever whatever mood we're in, we don't have to say it. They already know it. This is what's happening with quantum physics and the, the lessons that we're learning and the new research with energy. Words carry energy, but our very essence carries energy. And we, I mean, we, most of us know that if we've had a rough day at work and we come home and we've got little ones to attend to, uh, for me now, it's grandchildren, but they're little, you know, and yeah. if we've got little ones to attend to, that we best wash ourselves of those uh, energies we've been dealing with before we engage with the little ones, else we might uh, unintentionally bring energies that uh, can affect them in ways that we don't intend. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to circle back to this one piece where you had said, um, working with discernment, not judgment, but discernment and the building of the heart sensing. And I know that you know this, that the heart, I think it was it in 92 or 96 when they, 1992 or 96, very, very recently in the medical world, when they discovered that the heart has 40,000 thinking neurons. Did, did you know that? Kevin? Yes, I, that there is, this is what I mean by the latest research in that yeah. the heart actually tells the brain what to do and the 
and there's so much even um, associated with that. If you're familiar with the research with the HeartMath Institute, for example, that the uh, heart variability rate, that we can affect our own heart variability rate through um, our own navigation of our own energies and those that are right around us. That's number one. And the heart variability rate, when it is in a smooth curve, um, uh, keeps us in a centered place, uh, almost um, not in a meditative state, but in a centered place, which I would call, which heart math calls coherence, which yeah. I might, which we might call alignment. We might yeah. call it uh, resonance. But uh, the technical term that they give it is coherent. So if we are in a coherent state when we're with our children, it's the best place to be because we're in a zone. And they're already in a zone naturally. Uh, HeartMath also has research from now 25 years ago or so that shows that uh, within a radius of, of eight feet that we can energetically affect emotionally people who are within within that um, radius, as you may well know. And so that all of these things that we may know, but we don't necessarily consciously apply to the nurturing of little children. Right, right. And I love, I absolutely love how you spoke of this, the horizontal energies. And it, it feels like that's where we get tangled up and and we're not paying attention to that heart sensing and we're not paying attention when the heart is telling the brain or for us to wash ourselves of the day before we come in with whatever that energy was from work or whatever activity we're doing before we're with these little ones that is not in a high coherence or is not in a high vibration of love and and yeah. um, right that but the word the horizontal, I mean, I just love the horizontal energies. I've never heard that before. And I may have to borrow that with your permission because it's, it just, oh, please do so well. And it, it, it really does. Uh, it, you know, I'm a, we each, we each intake the world differently. I'm, I'm visual. So horizontal, vertical, zigzag, you know, that's visual to me. Uh, others, others uh, take in the world differently. And uh, one of the things I talk about is how children give us clues to how they take in the world. But um, the horizontal energies, I almost refer to them more as they're, they can often be energies that entangle us as opposed to at vertical energies that entwine us. So the entwining can be more of a dance or a braid or a weaving where the horizontal could be more of a nodding. And um, when, of course, when we're aware of the horizontal energies, we can change it into vertical energies. I mean, I think it was Mother Teresa who had a beautiful uh, saying over one of her doorways uh, that was the poem anyway. And I don't remember all of the poem, but the the last couple of lines were, um, it's really not about you and me. It's about me and my higher power anyway. Right. So it is that from horizontal to vertical. So whenever there's an issue or a problem to consider that uh, it really is within me to be able to make the changes that I need to, that I right. have the ability to do that vertically. And it's yes. important with it with young children again because they live a vertical life. They live a vertical life, and they're here. You know, many so many years ago, Pierre de Chardin has this beautiful saying um, quote that we often use. 
in the world, and that is that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And so sacred parenting is meeting the spirit when it becomes human at, at that intersection and helping with the conscious onboarding of a soul into life. And so that doesn't necessarily happen at one specific point, but it happens over the grace of, um, in my experience, over the grace of seven years. And I say seven years because at, at, the, at around age six is when a child enters the reasoning mind. It's when they are now fully able to have their own opinions. They debate with you. They have... Uh, they're ready to have the lemonade stand. They are, they're, they're really fully conscious in the world uh, at that point. And I don't mean as fully conscious as, as a 12-year-old, for example, but compared to a 3-year-old or a 4-year-old who is still in this vertical alignment. <clears throat> Excuse me. And children are natural mystics. So if we can be aware and alert and uh, sacredly curious, I call it, sacredly curious in those early years and early months and all that they are telling us who they are because they don't know anything else to say or to do or to be. So if we can pick up on those clues, then we can help reflect it back to them because when they can see who they are, they can be who they are. And that's what you were speaking to earlier when you were saying that children give us clues of who they are and, and who they are here to be, right? You're speaking to that same point. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So really one of our roles is to be like a treasure hunter. What are these clues? Mm -hmm. And whatever, mm -hmm. whatever metaphor works with us uh, as parents, as grandparents, as teachers and healers, as doulas, um, as aunts and uncles, when we are around and nurturing a young child, uh, it is, it's about, uh, looking for the hidden treasures and they're only hidden because the child doesn't know to bring them out yet. So it's not like they're being, um, they're intentionally hiding, but they have not yet unfolded themselves. And that's what this process, this over seven years um, is honoring is that precious unfolding of the child. Can you give us an example of that Kathleen, how, helping to discover those those hidden um how did you call that um i'm going to call it gems treasures, the hidden, hidden gems how the yeah. child has these but how how can you give us an example of how yeah, you have sure. worked, how you called that out well i can give a, a yes for example a pregnant woman may be may find herself if if she is able to stay in some kind of vertical alignment even temporarily even periodically she may find herself drawn to things that she would not normally be drawn to uh, i uh, 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 one of my clients for example never wore red with one of her pregnancies she was so drawn to wearing red she couldn't understand it she always mm. wore pastels and all of this she didn't fight it. She bought red pregnancy dresses. She was giving keynotes and all these beautiful things. And when her child was born, it was obvious this child was a Leo, was here to make a statement. And uh, it, it just, we started, you know, really, it's, it's something that we laughed about because it's so clear this child was a red and a bright blue child. <laughs> <laughs> 
and that's just it's such a simple thing but if we can pay attention to um our leanings and our tendencies and uh, when we are around children, certainly when they're within us with pregnancy, and uh, that relates to, to fathers as well. But it's also then when the child is um, in their early ages, we tend to want to say, here, here, go over here, do that. Oh, here, no, that's not how you hold that. This is how you hold it. We have to be aware that um, we often correct a child or try to control them before they have shown us who they are. So the question that I, so for example, another example would be um, if you are trying to get out the door for a business meeting, this is a true story, uh, out the door for a business meeting and you can't find your two-year-old and you frantically come around the corner of the kitchen and you see your child pouring an entire box of cereal onto the floor. You know, what you do next determines what how that child will see themselves in the future. And so this, in this particular instance, what would we be inclined to do? We're running, we're frantic, we'd be inclined to say, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And if instead we can modulate our tone, and this actually happened where um, mom was able to modulate her tone and say, oh, what are you doing? And her child was able to say to her, I'm making a beaver hut, mom. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and in fact, it looked like a beaver hut, Nada. And so uh, when it looks like a beaver hut and your child says they're making a beaver hut, you almost, you know, uh, she sat back and said, I almost destroyed something here that I didn't even, wasn't even aware was building within the child. And I'm wow. saying that because this is a child that went on to have um, spatial intelligence. This was his, he was showing, he was showing that he could see things in three dimensions and uh, from two dimensions to three, he, he um, decades later, is still outstanding in spatial intelligence. That's the intelligence of engineers. It's the intelligence of designers. It's the intelligence of, of those who don't read instructions when they're putting something together because they, mm. they just see it and they put it together. So children are showing us, you know, Howard Gardner um, uh, so many years ago had nine intelligences. Well, it used to be seven. Now it's nine that he uh, had developed some theories around. And there are schools that are called multiple intelligence schools that don't have grades, but they have portfolios for children uh, all the way through high school, I believe now. And um, spatial is one of the, is one way that, that children intake the world. Another can be kinesthetic if they're very physical. And uh, one of my children, you know, never walked into a room, always rolled or somersaulted or cartwheeled off of a sofa and um, uh, so you to meet the child where they're at they're giving us these clues they may be musical they might be linguistic which is called word smart they really they're fascinated with words or they might um, uh, I believe wholeheartedly in early introduction of multiple languages to children because they can handle anything and it helps train the ear and especially if they are a, uh, a ling- if they are um, if they intake the world in a linguistic manner, then you're feeding one of their gifts that can come back later. And um, this, you know, the with with children, it can manifest as they are um, they pick up foreign languages easily. Just even a, even simple phrases. Um, some of um, 
my children, for example, grew up around seven different languages at one point in time simply because they had a Baba who was Ukrainian and they had mm-hmm. German at school and some Latin and things like this. But it just it trains the ear um, and they're showing us again who they are. And you have children mm-hmm. who are um, prone to they just flourish in nature. They've got a special relationship in nature. They're telling us part of who they are so that when we want to connect with them, this is a way we can do it. It's an avenue through which we can connect. Awesome. Kathleen, I'm gonna I'm going to bring this in for a very abrupt landing because we have completely run out of time. But would you be willing to come back with me and continue this conversation for next week? Because I, I have so many questions. I'd love to, Nada. This is okay. fun. Let's let's go. Let's do it again. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up for this week. We're going to be back next week with more of this conversation with Kathleen, and we will have all the information on how people can contact you in the show notes, so do not worry about that. All the information to contact Kathleen will be in the show notes. And so for now, goodbye to listener land, and we will see you next week finishing up with Kathleen Sherrick, all about the sweet spot where science and spirit meets. See you next week. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information you can use right away. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe to our show. And don't forget to rate and review right there on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.